Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Millionaire Muslim with IFG, where we discuss key topics pertaining to business and finance, as well as speak to inspirational and innovative Muslim entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Khidr Mohammed, the community lead at IFG, and with me today is a very special guest, and I believe our first female guest, Sadia Ahmed, the founder of Oliver's Cupboard, an exciting, inclusive halal baby food brand. But I'll let Sadia tell you more about that. Welcome, Sadia. Thank you. Asalaamu Alaikum, everyone. Thank you so much for allowing me to tell you my story. Let's dive straight in, shall we? Okay, Sadia, tell us a bit more about yourself and your entrepreneurial journey. So basically, I'm a mum of one. And I actually trained to be a lawyer and I had no intention of getting into the food industry like this. What happened was when my son was ready to wean, I just couldn't find anything on the baby food aisle for him in the sense that there was nothing that in terms of flavors represented us. And also, obviously, the dietary requirement being halal was was an issue as well. And then when I realized that we were not being reflected in the baby food aisle, I just started making things homemade all the time, even when I had to go out. And I also wasn't very keen on just giving him fruit purees because of the sugar level. So because that was the other alternative was just give him sugar or just a vegetarian option, which is an option, but it would be nice to have other varieties, meat and also flavors. So over time, I realized that nothing was changing and the baby food aisle was still the same. And I thought... I just felt this strong feeling that something had to be done. And I wasn't still thinking it should be me, but nothing was being done. So then I thought, actually, let me just figure this out. Let me just give it a shot and see what happens. And um, I started talking to more mums. And because I'm based in London, it's very much a cosmopolitan area. You know, you have lots of different types of parents here. You know, French, Japanese, Taiwanese and um, Indian. And I thought, actually, all of us are feeding our children in lots of different ways. And it's not reflected in the supermarkets So I took some recipes, developed some recipes, and I created a design of what I would think would look good in the package. And then I sent it over to a few retailers. They came back to me quite quickly with some positive feedback. And so I realized, actually, I'm onto something. Then I started taking it seriously. I thought, actually, I'm going to do this. But I had no idea how difficult it was going to be and how hard it is to break uh, break into this industry. Um, It's very closed in. And it's very territorial, I'd say. The brands all feel very protective of their own brands and they don't particularly like newbies coming along on the scene. So, yeah, so it took a while to get to where I am now. How long has Oliver's Cupboard been around for? We've just launched. And so from the idea to conception probably took me about three to four years. And it really has kicked off actually at the beginning of COVID. I was able to structure a team. And because of COVID, I could do things remotely. So which meant I could hire lots of different people that I wouldn't have normally been able to because of being based in London. So it gave an opportunity to bring people, a very diverse group of people into this company very early on, just who was not only had the knowledge, but also very passionate about what I was doing. Because the main line of this brand is inclusivity and diversity. It's to show that all parents should be included. And it's reflected through our flavors being so diverse. 
So you include many world foods then. Can you give us some examples? Yes. So we're all about world flavors. So I have six recipes at the moment. We have a recipe from Malaysia, a recipe from Brazil, a recipe from Egypt, recipe from Thailand, recipe from India, and then another recipe from Sri Lanka. So, you know, six countries and we are expanding the range for next year. We've got more different world flavors coming through for the next lot as well. That's very exciting. As a father of three myself and my kids are, uh, so I've got twins that are four years old and my youngest is two now. And I can really relate to the struggle that you faced in finding halal inclusive baby food because we found ourselves that the type of food that we were feeding our kids was like very much the typical brands that you find in the supermarkets and it was either the vegetarian flavors or it was a few purees but we weren't comfortable with that either because you know as you said very high sugar levels and it was a struggle honestly so your company sounds like a breath of fresh air how's it been going for you we've had an amazing reaction um as soon as we launched there was a huge reaction from parents and not just muslim and asian parents it was every types of parents who were coming forward and saying well actually we ne- we want to try out different flavors we don't want to try out bland flavors and from the muslim community i got a different reaction and it was of gratitude gratitude for me to launch this and it is very very humbling for me to get that reaction because i wasn't expecting it and i thought actually you know it keeps you going uh you know when you have your bad days and good days and you think you know the everyday struggles with with running a business it keeps the momentum going because you know you, i feel a great responsibility to you know it wasn't my intention but it's defining something because i'm having interactions with retailers i'm talking to them i'm speaking to them what i feel that how i should be represented in the supermarkets and it's not just baby food is other types of food you know to make life easier for every person and just because we're muslim it doesn't mean we don't like mainstream things you know we can't be just typecast and put one aisle for us a couple of shelves no we also understand the benefits of organic um benefits of a good story of from a good brand you know a strong brand and we also try out different foods and you just want to be a part be included and also just make life easier so you know for me i look at the one day if this helps towards one day that my son when he grows up he can go to a supermarket and he's able to buy his meat and chicken and you know ready meals and snacks and not have to worry if it's you know not halal or actually you know this is a good for him and he can eat enjoy all the things that every other person enjoys and not feel outsider for doing it then i've done something that's worth doing the children of raising our children you know we we need to make sure that they have their identity and they're okay with it you know this is a new territory for all of us you know becoming a parent and we you know so many of us are there second third fourth generation and this is a new territory we've got children who are more than ever going to be very very british they're not going to go to holidays you know they might not go on of like countries where our grandparents were born and raised and so they're very much british and so it's very important to make sure that they uphold their own self identity and they don't feel 
ashamed and they don't feel excluded. It's very, very important that actually, you know, that we're a part of the same community. Definitely. I feel like we live in a very globally diverse world now where many people are interacting with so many cultures and naturally due to globalization many people have migrated across the world and this goes for many many countries and not just britain america is an example you know many countries in africa and asia people have traveled all across and the conversations around representation diversity inclusivity is are very important for our children and subsequent generations to feel part and parcel of that society and i feel that your brand has taken a very interesting approach usually and i'd like to quiz you on this usually when most muslims start a company they usually target it at the muslim community and the branding the logos the marketing is all very muslim centric whereas you've taken a different approach you've taken a approach from what i've noticed on your linkedin page and all the branding and the marketing materials that i've seen it's a more of a inclusive diverse approach to towards the brand can you explain a bit more about the reasoning behind that so my reason behind that was I'm not just a Muslim woman. <laughs> I'm also a British mum. I'm also someone who, you know, has other aspects to me. And I feel there's a stronger element to this and it is about reaching out to everyone because actually food is a breaker of barriers. You know, one thing food will do is bring people together because food is essentially not just nurturing your family and being you know providing sustenance but actually it's love and i wanted to be able to say here is these recipes everyone can enjoy them and let's learn about each other so this inclusivity comes from the fact that let's learn about all different ethnicities all different types of religious understanding and then we can come together through food and why not teach children early on right from the start of the birth you know just understand that we may be from different nationalities and different faith but that doesn't matter we're still human and you know we should learn to respect one another and learn from one another enjoy each other i mean one thing we have especially being based in in the uk is we're so multicultural and people that you know in other countries that you might not have the privilege of being in the same neighborhood as all kinds of different nationalities we have that privilege and we have to celebrate that and for me it wasn't just oh yeah i'm making something for the for muslim community i'm making something for everybody and i'm also making a statement the fact that actually guess what it's not we don't have to have something just for us we can have it for everybody as well being a muslim is a part of me but it's also a part of me not and not there's other elements to me so you know like a lot of muslim in our generation come on we we're parents we're british we're doing lots of other things and our faith is is you know is our base but i think it, for me it was absolutely the right decision to be open i totally agree with that and i think from a business angle the decision makes a lot of sense considering that by limiting yourself only to the muslim community you create yourself a niche and it becomes harder for businesses to scale if they're only serving one community and i feel like you found a problem 
that relates to many, many communities. And you've created a solution that fixes that problem for everyone. And I very much like the angle that you've taken about uniting people around food, because that's very true. The one common element that all humans can probably agree on, regardless of race and ethnicity or language or color of the skin, is food. It's quite remarkable. So I think we've spoken a lot about what's gone well. And you mentioned that several things haven't gone well, and there's been certain struggles. So would you mind sharing a bit more about your experience that hasn't been so great, and as well as any struggles that you faced, particularly as a female Muslim entrepreneur? Yeah, so one of the biggest hurdle was finding the right team, the right people, because I'm not from this industry, and it's very closed off. So you know, you can't find things on the internet search for, for starters. It doesn't work like that. Word of mouth is very strong. And once you get inside that, then you start to find, you know, the baby food industry, especially is very small. Everybody kind of knows everybody or the names. So that was the hardest hurdle is to get the right connection because I'm not from that industry. The second biggest hurdle I found being particularly being a Muslim woman this made my convictions very strong in what I wanted. So, for instance, the halal aspect, because obviously being from the uh, being a Muslim myself, I had to make sure that every aspect was correct. So it wasn't just the meat was halal. Yes, the meat had to be halal, but the factory that we used has to be halal in the sense that it doesn't have pork. They're not using pork not, and they're not using non-halal meat. And the certification had to be the best certification and the most reliable, the one that had the highest regard internationally had to be very important to me because then I know that it's safe and the integrity is there. So those things took a while to get there because it hadn't been done before. And because it hadn't been done before, so yet again, here I was had to break down those initial barriers. And then I had a few obstacles because, you know, with there were competitors, I'd say, and the competitor tried to put exclusivity clauses. So I wasn't able to use factories when I early on. So only they had that uh, usage of that factory. So therefore, I wasn't able to work with them. So that caused a massive stress and a strain. And yet again, you know, it took longer to get to where I am. However, I take that as a learning opportunity because you have to. And one of the things that it taught me was actually, when it came down to when I was launching, I didn't want to put another business through what I had to go through. My whole point is, we don't have to have one or two things to catering to, you know, a particular community. Halal doesn't have to be one set of halal baby food. We don't need to have one set. Why can't we have more than one? Other brands have them. For that reason, I didn't put an exclusivity clause in my contract. My whole thing was, if someone else wants to learn from it, if somebody else wants to do it, go for it. And actually, if I make something that shows that even mainstream parents will eat it, it will have a domino effect. And then it will start to show on the retail aisle that you'll see how many other different items that are halal, are have different types of flavors are available to us in the long term. Because this will be... This will hopefully have a long-term, a positive effect. 
So that's what I came out of. I learned that actually I'm not going to go down this route of being typecast, ruthless business person because that's not me. No, what you've said makes a lot of sense. And naturally, competition is fierce, especially in these small niches where many of these brands don't like the idea of anyone coming to take their market share, especially if they own quite a bit of it. And that's a struggle for any starting business. But I think you've taken a very honorable approach with regards to how you've kind of, you know, with your whole exclusivity aspect. Now, moving to the last part of the podcast, there's many Muslim women out there that would like to start businesses, but they struggle with the idea of kind of where to begin or what to do. What advice would you give them to help them get started? Don't doubt yourself. If you have that conviction that you've got a good idea, you know, you want to create your own business, do your research, start doing research, find out if, if there's any space for what you're saying available. And then if there is, even if you don't know all the aspects of the business, don't let that stop you because you will find it. You know, so you will learn it, you will find it and look for the right people and look for the right sources. One of the great source of information for me was, you know, the British Library. The British Library has a lot of good, uh, good data and things. And so if you are starting out, don't be scared. Do your research first and then you'll start to understand where you're going with it. And then just carry it through and just don't give up. You know, if you feel something strongly enough, because for me, it was beyond just creating a business. It was a statement for my son, for the child that is a new generation. And it carried me, you know, all the way through. And also being a Muslim mom, a British Muslim mom, I understood what I wanted from this brand. You know, for, for instance, I wanted the best premium ingredient. I wanted organic. I wanted a great story. I wanted the brand to look amazing. And, and I looked at every aspect of it. Yes, it took me longer. If you believe in what you're doing, you're going to make everything amazing. You're going to put value in everything. So, you know, even sustainability for us was an issue. So we partnered up with Envol Recycling. So your pouches, if you send them in an envelope to Envol Recycling, they can recycle the whole pouch. So every aspect was thought of because I love my brand and I love my brand still, obviously, and I've got conviction of it. So if you believe in something and you just give it a go, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Jazakallahu khairan for those words, Sadia. It's been an honor. It's been a great podcast. Jazakallahu khairan for joining us today. And with that, we'll conclude. So thank you so much to all of our listeners for joining us for another episode of Millionaire Muslim. And if you like this episode, please do let us know by getting in touch via social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, even TikTok. And if you didn't like this episode, all the more reason to get in touch to let us know what we can do better. Until next time, assalamu alaikum. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.